This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we launch into another live Saturday edition of the program here with you tonight, it is Ian. And Mark. 855-450-FREE. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we give to you there. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. In fact, you can control the content on the site. The items you see on the front page were brought there by listeners like you voting. Uh, You can vote on different uh, news pieces or blog posts or YouTube videos. Whatever it is that listeners have submitted to the site are then voted upon, and you can be one of those voters. Or you can submit things, or both. Go to freetalklive.com to get interactive with the uh, listener community here and uh, do what they call social bookmarking. You can do what the government's been trying to do for years, control the Internet. That's true. (laughs) Or at least control our little corner of it. (laughs) Uh, So freetalklive.com. Last night, for those of you that don't get the weekday program on this show or on your local radio station, uh, you may have missed the the discussion we had about the draft. And I feel like it's such an important issue that it also needs to be talked about tonight. But specifically because we didn't get through the proposal. There was a a New York Times op-ed piece proposal, very detailed proposal on uh, what this one guy, uh, Thomas Ricks, believes should be done as far as bringing back the draft. What inspired all this? Well, uh, it was in late uh, last month, General Stanley McChrystal, the former commander of the International Forces in Afghanistan, came out in favor of the draft, which is very unusual because usually people in the military will say that uh, they oppose the draft because they don't want to work alongside of uh, But generals don't work alongside anybody. Um, Well, and he tried to pitch the idea on the basis of, oh, well, we've been really involved in this war for a long time, and it's been really hard on our volunteer soldiers. And so if we had a draft, that would make things easier. They might be uh, killing themselves less often. He really did bring up the fact that they're killing themselves. Their marriages might be more likely to stay together, he said. So he's trying to to couch it in the terms of that this is going to help our volunteers. You know, it's interesting. Um, the you know the Vietnam War, War went on for a very long time. There was certainly a ramp up period, and then essentially it ended because you know there was the peace movement on the outside, but really it was the peace movement on the inside of the military that ended the Vietnam War. It just became too ponderously difficult to try to uh, you know p- prosecute this war when many of the people that were doing it didn't want to be there and didn't want to be involved. So. It's basically an argument for inefficiency. Currently, with the volunteer military, as much as I disagree with how they go about you know, the job that they are doing, I disagree with it. I, I do not believe that uh, you know the United States should be in Afghanistan. I don't believe that it should have that giant uh, thing, uh, you know, embassy over in Iraq mm-hmm. with uh, staffed with what they're uh, I guess they're contractors. I mean, this thing's the size of a shopping mall, the Burger King uh, thing, yeah, yeah, where they've got all the stores and people just kind of hang out all day. It's it's huge. Nothing. Um, yeah. There's you know I don't think the United States should have uh, military bases in 131 nations um, in almost depending on how you count them up between 700. 50 to 1,000 military bases. I don't think they should be doing that. I think the United States military should be inside of its borders. Maybe it's boats floating around in the, uh, the water or whatever, but well, you know, Mark, it doesn't make any sense to me. But the problem is, is it's about efficiency. And the reason, you know, <laughs> currently, as a soldier, you can count on the other soldiers 
at least knowing that they signed up themselves. Well, don't worry, Mark. This is a kinder, gentler draft, uh, according to uh, the New York Times. I feel so much better Thomas already. Rick. See, so you can have all these uh, objections, Mark. Let's uh, let's say you were 18 years old and getting ready to get out of high school, because that's who this is going to apply to. This uh, the draft uh, concept. Yeah, here they don't want me. Will be applying to uh, people just getting out of uh, government school. And so let's say you're in that position and that you still have these uh, these ideas that you are also anti-war. You're an anti-war 18-year-old. Well, according to Ricks, you could have some choices. You could choose 18 months of military service. You get very, very low pay. Uh, but don't worry. They'll pay for your college. So there's some great ben- bennies involved here, he says. And uh, you, since you don't want to go to combat, you could do some other things like you know, maybe paint some barracks. The mow, stuff the cowards do. Mow, mow lawns. Uh, you mm-hmm. can do some paperwork, push some boxes around and move some papers. So you could do that. And, of course, you could also work in the civilian national service, uh, which would be a longer term, maybe you know, 36 like a- months. Months. Right, and then you could clean some parks and rebuild crumbling infrastructure, teach in low-income low areas, uh, aid the elderly. Now, uh, these are the two Are they other running options. out of convict labor? Because, I mean, don't they usually have convicts cleaning parks and uh, well, remember, you know, doing Mark, roadside work This is for the good of like the that? nation. I'm this just asking. For... There's, this nation has more convicts than any other nation but the idea here combined, is to, several it, nations combined. But what, you, what, what you're missing is that it's good for the nation in that it will indoctrinate young people into the ways of government. Yeah, uh, because that's what it is. It's, it's a homogenization. You know, the, the melting pot idea taken to an extreme. You, you homogenize ideas and homogenize people by forcing them together in these ways. Right. So in, after you've been forced into the government schools for however many, uh, you know, 13 years or something like that, uh, after you've been forced into their schools, they'll then force you into this program. Oh, but wait, there's an interesting detail. He actually throws a bone to libertarians and actually says that you can opt out of all this. Now, he does say that you won't be able to get any Medicare, subsidized college loans, or mortgage guarantees. But he says if you want minimal government, you can have it. Now, this is a nice little uh, dream. I mean, right? I mean, that's, interesting. that's cool. It's interesting that he throws that bone to libertarians in a New York Times piece advocating the draft. And, of course, anybody that knows how government works knows that whoever comes up with the final program is not going to be Tom Ricks. And it's not going to have an opt-out provision. And uh, also, you know, when you... When you're telling a young person early on, make a decision for the rest of your life like this, the chances are they're going to make the safe decision. And you know? go and take the 18 months. Everybody else has taken the 18 well, months. Well, it's going to be a guaranteed paycheck, right? They're going to give you some some minor stipend, and uh, and it'll be work. And, of course, if the economy still sucks. Most of them finish high school, even though, um, you know, in Florida when I went, you could get out at uh, 16. Obviously, I finished, and so many, and everybody else finished. And it's, you know, basically the high school diploma is worthless. Um, you can go on to college without a high school diploma, and so you don't particularly need it. I've never had an employer tell me, please present your high school diploma on your first day so we can make sure that you're <laughs> yeah. a high school graduate. I mean, this is a largely worthless document. Critics will argue... Education's great. The the, the, the high school diploma doesn't really mean anything. He says here that our, America has already witnessed far less benign forms of conscription, so his idea is a better one, he says. Well, uh, you know, and I, that's it's interesting, that's true, but you know, one thing that really concerns me here is the 13th Amendment, where it says that you know, it outlaws neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as punishment for a crime. Um, I mean, basically, that it, it outlaws involuntary servitude. Well, and maybe they what, will have the opt-out provision. Yeah, then. if it has an opt-out provision, then is it involuntary? I don't know. I mean, should should I, as a, a taxpayer, be forced into yet another giant government program? This is the largest I've heard of yet, where they take all the young people and they, you know, all right, we got you for an, we got you for eighteen to thirty-six months. We're going to put you to work. Now, here's an 
an interesting. Uh, I mean, they, they give them 13 years of school and make them as incompetent as possible, and then they claim that they're going to provide them discipline at the end of it. Is that right? The idea. And, here's, and they're going to create a, a make work program essentially for all of those people. You don't need to go into the marketplace, young folks. Come do what we tell you to do for 18 years or 18 months. I started uh, working at 12, and frankly, I think that it made me a better, uh, you know, a better person than than the, the schooling I went to after that. He says that a new draft that maintains the size and quality of the current all-volunteer force saves the government money through civilian national service. What? Saves the government money through a massive national service program that's going to be as large by the way we've talked about national service in the past on this program it's a that has been proposed that the government create a so-called national service program that is as large in size as the military a large as powerful and as well funded well funded yeah that's... so how's that going to save the government money i think his idea on it's going to save the government money is that oh well because these national service people will be picking up the parks we won't be paying full rate to the government employees that's the with all their bennies that would normally be picking up the parks. Maybe the government uh, park crew is making, say, $25 an hour union wage. These uh, government uh, you know, national service people might only make, oh, I don't know, $5 an hour or something like that. And they'll put them up in a bunk somewhere. Uh, so I'm not sure what he means when he says low pay, but it's certainly not going to be your typical bureaucrat salary. It's, it's it's pretty weird to me. I think they'll be spending a lot of time sort of making work. You know, I've, I've heard people, uh, my uncle included, uh, said that uh, you know the military almost ruined them for the real world. It made it hard to work. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We'll come back with more of the plan for the return of the draft, uh, draft version 2.0. How does that make you feel? 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. Free Talk Live. Do you ever have connectivity problems due to poor Wi-Fi reception? I have an amazing solution for you. C-Crane's Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. It can provide connectivity for up to a mile. We're using it at my house, and I can't describe it as anything but stunning. This antenna will change your life. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane company, their products are the best. I highly endorse the C-Crane company. Get your Super USB Wi-Fi antenna at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. Take control of the airwaves here, toll-free, 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website. This is Free Talk Live. So you can go to freetalklive.com and get interactive there. A lot of different features are available to you, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing the listeners of the program. Shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. We'll take you there. Bitcoin is a new internet Currency. It is a you know it, it's a kind of money that exists in you know the ones and zeros on the interwebs instead of through you know like in paper like currency has all along, mm. and it has some inherent advantages. You can send and receive it over the internet very quickly, whereas you can't shove you know dimes and quarters into the little slots in the side of your computer. Um, you know, so you could try. Yeah, you can. You can shove them there. They just don't go anywhere. <laughs> they just lay there and get hot. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, it, you can send and receive it uh, almost instantly. But, you know, they've got payment services out there that can do that already. But with Bitcoin's 
you don't have to pay anything. There's no governmental agency or bank inserting itself in between you and the other person. You don't have to ask permission. Right. You don't have to apply for some sort of a card. You don't have to jump through any hoops. It's mathematically impossible for anybody to get involved in your payment process. They can't divert your payment. They can't tack on a fee. They can't do anything. You're in charge. As a business owner, when you're receiving payments, you you know, as far as chargebacks go, you get to decide on what terms you give chargebacks um, and refunds and things like that. So Bitcoin, really, really great. Also, it's uh, mathematically impossible for anyone to counterfeit or inflate Bitcoins. Um, you know, when you've got $100 in the bank and then uh, Ben Bernanke decides to turn on the, the governmental printing presses and print twice as much money as there currently is, your $100 worth half as much. Yep. They can't do that with Bitcoin. Nope. As a matter of fact, Bitcoin's been going up in value, not down. What's right? it at right now? Uh, you know? It's six seven sixty six. Last I looked, seven sixty six. Yeah, so I mean, wow, yeah, you know, it was it was, a, it was less than two bucks uh, a couple of months ago. So anyway, um, bitcoins. You can go check them out at weusecoins.org. Watch the short video, find out more about them. Weusecoins.org, and then to get your bitcoins, you can go to bitinstant.com and deposit at more than seven hundred thousand locations worldwide, including Walmart, CVS's, major banks, that kind of thing. So cool. Bitinstant.com. All right, 855-450-FREE. We're talking about a proposal from the New York Times, one of their op-ed pieces here that was inspired by Stanley McChrystal, who's a general, former commander of the International Forces in Afghanistan, coming out for reinstating the draft. And so this opinion guy, Thomas Ricks, as uh, proposing his idea for bringing the draft back. It would be a new draft, a draft which gives people a choice, a choice of going into the military service directly for combat purposes, a choice for being in the military for sort of mopping the floor sort of purposes. And then there's also the civilian corps, which will be a national service organization for those who, I guess, want to do non-military-related government So what's tasks. this author's name again? Tom Ricks. Thomas now, is, Ricks. Is Tom calling this a draft? Because this yes. isn't a draft. He actually entitles his... Uh, piece here let's draft our kids so this isn't Which is a draft. really creepy if he you know what his proposal is is it allows an opt-out okay that's what he's saying and in with that opt-out there's no what medicare and medicaid you know you, basically you're opt-outing all government programs it sounds wonderful actually that part I that, like that part, part but you know one of the problems i have with it is that you'll have to continue working you'll have to continue paying for these things in your life likely that's true odds are good that his opt-out provision doesn't mean that you get opt-out completely of uh, involvement with the federal government right i've opted out of public school and that i'm not sending my child there but somehow or another the town still believes that i owe money to send other people's kids to school other people's uh, you know other people who drive better cars and live in bigger houses than I do, I've got to pay to send their kids to school. So the opt-out tends to, when it comes to the government, tends to be sort of a uh, a, a ruse. But, you know, and, and nonetheless, if there's, of an course opt- it is. <laughs> if there's an opt-out uh, provision, then it's not a draft. I would love to opt out of many of these programs, uh, but I'd like to opt out of paying for them, too. That's a good point, and I don't think he's going to allow that. I'm glad you made that uh, clarification here. But let's continue with what his proposal is, because there's much more. Oh, because, you see, when people have an idea for how they want to sculpt society and yes. control would people. Be, would, be, would be Napoleons out there, uh, you know, d- designing, deciding how they're going to centrally plan uh, the culture. Right. They get very control freakish. They get very detailed micromanagey. And so it's, it's you know, it's fascinating. Well, to you have to. Once, you know, when it comes to using force, and that's what this is, um, you know, force, because you're forced to pay for these programs, mm-hmm. um, 
uh, you know, uh, ultimately. So when you use force, it has consequences. And some of those consequences are foreseeable. Now, oftentimes they miss some of the other consequences. You'd think when Richard Nixon declared the war on drugs in the early 70s that he probably believed that he could eradicate drug use somewhere on down the line. Really? I don't know how many decades that he thought. Well, surely. I don't know. I haven't called really through the, the speech. But – you know, don't you think that when Nancy Reagan said say no to drugs and they dumped that much more money in and they paid for all know, the man. new police officers that they, they thought think- they were going to diminish drug use? You think that they're that ignorant, that they didn't know that prohibition has consequences? Everybody thinks you can use the government to install your great idea. Even though it's been tried before? It keeps on being tried. It's constantly tried. It's been tried for for centuries. Yes, absolutely. People believe you can do this. I don't know. I think that some people advocate for government controls because they know that it will create black markets and uh, more opportunities for corruption and things like that. I think that there are some people that uh, that want that. Like, for instance, you look at Philip Morris and these tobacco companies creating regulations because they know it's going to stop people from uh, getting into their business. We talked uh, yesterday, Mark, we had a guy call in, uh, because you're not on the Friday show, we had a a guy call in who was uh, operating one of these roll-your-own cigarette stores, and he's now been shut down, he's been put out of business because of this, and uh, you know he's well aware that this legislation was written to put him out of business and it was written by these uh, big corporations in the same way that somebody's advocating for a war on drugs they must know that the war on alcohol had all these negative consequences but at the same time made a lot of people very rich uh you know like the uh, the, the the what what are the drug lords today the alcohol lords of the past and the enforcers as well were likely uh, collecting pretty big time off of that. So I think that some people are well aware of those consequences and are more than happy to accept them because it will benefit them. Anyway, that aside, let's go back to the proposal for the draft here from uh, the New York Times. He says, America has witnessed less benign forms of conscription. A new draft that maintains the size and quality of the current all-volunteer force saves the government money through civilian national service and frees professional soldiers from performing menial tasks would appeal to many constituencies. And this is the uh, the the, one of parts of the pitch that uh, McChrystal was making that this know, is like acting like all uh, all people who are in the Army, uh, Air Force, Marines and uh, Coast Guard and and whatever Navy at this point are all professional soldiers, sailors, Marines, airmen, you know, he is but, acting like that. Yes. You know, as if there aren't people doing those menial tasks now. The quartermasters, uh, you know, are st- is still fully staffed. Well, there are still people delivering boxes of pencils around these battlefield areas. Well, when uh, Puke from Puke in the Game, Puke in the Gang, had told me that he at one point was, I think they were sweeping dust off of uh, like a essentially a not a driveway but like a landing strip, uh, mm-hmm. essentially. That's uh, got to be a in long, the desert. Yeah, sweeping yeah. dust off the landing strip in the desert, just something to do, right? Just something that otherwise they'd just be standing around. So there's a lot of this apparently in the military, a lot of standing around and waiting. Uh, but this guy wants to make it seem like that we just need to free these guys up from sweeping up dust so they can go out and do more killing. Uh, because the U.S. military needs to do more wars. There need to be more invasions and more uh, things happening. So the idea would be to fill up those dust sweeping roles with dust professional dust sweepers and actually have the military killers who are sweeping the dust go out and do more killing. That's Apparently kind of the there was plenty of time for them to sweep dust before. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves here. 855-450-3733. More on the draft in moments. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the realtor Mark Warden. 
You want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too. Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealEstate.com This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want here toll-free at 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. Also, topic on the table here uh, is the draft, and there's a specific proposal that we're going through uh, from the New York Times, which uh, is absolutely ridiculous, and we'll continue that here in moments. If you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear... ManVentureOutpost.com's got all the name brands, and they've got them at some of the best prices. Whenever I'm looking for you know different camping, hunting, or shooting gear, I will always you know double check with uh, other places just because you know I've I, you know I want to find out is anybody else selling a lower price, and it's always a buck or two cheaper at ManVentureOutpost.com. They've got knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. Everybody's looking for ammunition these days. Of course, uh, tents and all kinds of camping gear. They're family uh, family owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. And when you use coupon code FTL over at manventureoutpost.com, you get an additional 5% off. So not only do you get the best prices available that I've been able to find and you know the the claim is that there's some of the best prices on the internet and I I I believe it. Um, manventureoutpost.com, you'll also get 5% off with coupon code FTL, manventureoutpost.com. The proposal from the New York Times uh, article here from Thomas Ricks entitled, Let's Draft Our Kids, which is disturbing on its own. Uh, the proposal here is really more like a national service proposal than it is a military draft because he's saying, yeah, we're going to bring back the draft, but also we're going to let uh, young people make choice. Uh, they can have uh, the military service that isn't an active combat role, more of a staffing kind of backing service. Uh, There will also be a national service program, which will do all manner of different uh, government uh, make-work programs. And he says here that uh, further analysis reveals that an average cohort of about 4 million of 18-year-olds are available annually for this. He says there's simply no place to put all these people. But the government could use this cheap labor in new ways, doing jobs that governments do in other countries, but which have been deemed too expensive in this one, like providing universal free daycare or delivering meals to elderly shut-ins. Well, right now, um, lots of uh, f- because they've been driving the uh, you know undocumented workers out of certain estates. There's a lot of uh, produce that's uh, been very difficult to um, you know to, to harvest. So they could go work the farm. They could just put 18 year olds. But they did actually try that. They um, down in I believe it was Georgia. They attempted to use pensioners. Right. Probationers. Probationers? Pen- pensioners are old people. Sorry. Uh, proba- <laughs> probationers, uh, people that uh, basically they would throw them in jail or they could work, um, you know, picking fruit. And they just began they to walked be off. demanding jail. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this, this goes to show how fat, lazy, and ill-equipped for life uh, you know americans have become uh, you know you can get uh, people people come from people want to sneak across the border be treated like third class citizens called all kinds of names and uh, they're willing to do it for you know just scraping by kind of pay but americans who you might throw in prison if they don't do the work well they're they're not willing to do it 
It says here, if too many people applied for the 18-month military program, then a lottery system could be devised. The opposite of the 1970s-era system, where being selected was hardly desirable. The rest could perform non-military national service. So that's it's what he's saying. If there was too many people who wanted to actually be in the military uh, portion of this, then they would only allow some of them to to get into the military. The rest could just do the the uh, the menial. I really like here. the idea of creating sort of a, an elite. Um, you know, I I would. I would prefer an elite military if you're going to have one, rather than just sort of letting folks come in that kind of thing. I mean, I, there's so you're, you're admitting then that his his draft program is better than the uh, the old one from their from their perspective. I think that his draft program is 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 pretty pretty good. If if I was a central planner sitting from on high and I didn't care about the the concepts of uh, you know rights theory and uh, human freedom and things like that, right. this sounds like a fine idea. This is the kind of thing that fascists have been doing for as long as there have been fascists. Yeah, it's sick. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I'm with you, Mark. I mean, I believe in human freedom, which means that I don't believe in the draft and forcing anybody to work for the the, uh, the government in any way, shape, or form. But beyond that, I'm also against centralization, uh, which is all this guy's talking about. He's essentially taking all of these resources out of the voluntary economy where people choose the careers they're interested in and choose the things that they want to do uh, for themselves, for their adult lives. He's taking all of that away, all four million of those 18-year-olds, and placing them in the government's control, where the government will decide what they should do. I don't know. Maybe they'll give them some sort of standardized test to ascertain where their uh, accuracies (laughs) are. But it'll be an absolute cluster F. And they, okay, great. So I just graduated high school, and now you want me to go work at a daycare? I'm sorry, that's not interesting to me. I don't like kids. I don't want to do that kind of work. I want to be able to choose my own uh, vocation for myself. This takes all that away from people. It's it's crazy. Uh, let's go to Mike listening in Virginia Beach uh, to WNIS. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Uh, just to clarify something for you, actually two things now that I think about it. Uh, the first one, um, your friend who was uh, sweeping up uh, a runway for no particular purpose, uh, a lot of times that's uh, FOD, that's foreign object free. Uh, detail, basically they go up and down the runways uh, to make sure that there's no uh, rocks, pebbles, nuts, bolts, things that could get sucked up into the intake. He was, he was the one that was telling me it was a waste of their time. I, I wasn't speculating on that point. Oh, yeah. Well, no, and, 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 and granted, at times it might seem like a waste of time, but, uh, I mean, I, I, I work for the U.S. Navy. I'm, I'm not in the Navy. Uh, that's, I won't get into the details of what I do, but... I, I, I see the people that get assigned some of those details, and yeah, you're right. Sometimes it's, it's the people that, uh, that that need extra shaping, I guess you could say, and that that's a tool. But, well, but you are important. agreeing, though, that there's a lot of uh, wasted time, people just kind of standing around doing nothing, right? Well, no, not, not necessarily. I mean, even some of the most menial tasks that you think of, I mean, I've seen people in admin that look like they're doing menial tasks. But it no longer becomes a menial task when you find out that your uh, paycheck is uh, going to be late because... Uh, for some reason, DFAS up in uh, D.C. did enter in the right code number, and now that person and that personnel is the only person that stands between you and your paycheck. So you're saying so, you're trying to get me to believe that there's no uh, a bunch of wasted hours uh, for the government bureaucrats in the military? Oh, oh no, 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 no. I didn't say that. What I said is, is that, that I don't think that the idea of it as being as inflated, at least in the, on, on the military side of the house, yes, there, I would say there's some, just like there is in the private sector. 
Um, well, that, that's but, interesting because you must have had a really different experience from some of the people I've talked to in the military because they tell me they're just standing around a lot. Right, I was just talking crap. to a mechanic the other day, and he said uh, that he started smoking because when he was in the Navy, all the guys that smoked got, got to stand around and do nothing when, the, when they were smoking, whereas you know he didn't. They were always trying to get him to do stuff, so he decided to well, start well, smoking like the, they here's did. Here's the perfect thing, and it leads me into my second point that I wanted to make, that is that quartermasters in the Navy are different than quartermasters in the Army. A quartermaster in the Navy actually draws up navigation tables and steers the ship. So, oh, interesting. Who sails? Yeah, and, and my wife happens to be a quartermaster. Now, I was uh, referring to the quartermaster in the Army, which oh, I, uh, delivers oh, no, pencils. No, I understand. I understand. But I just wanted to. Uh, to, to I didn't even know there was a quartermaster that. in the Navy. So, I mean, I, yeah, if, but, and if there was, but, I would have assumed that they did the same thing. Right, but their rating has been so undermanned. Um, that you know, it is at times hard to find people to fill certain billets on ships because they're so undermanned. And I, I've seen this firsthand since she's my wife. So is there wasted time in the military as with any other, any other government agency? Yes, I, I will say that there is wasted time. So what do you think uh, about on, the on draft the idea? Side, yeah, but on the flip side, you, know, you can find ratings that are, that are mission-specific and mission-essential that are not filled. Now, do I agree with the draft idea? Um, I, when I was younger, I believed in compulsory service. Uh, then I blew out my knee and I couldn't serve. So I'm like, well, maybe compulsory service is not all that cracked up. But I think if you have, um, what's the phrase that, 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 that's used? If you have skin in it, uh, then, you know, then you're a little bit more, um, apt to take things, uh, more seriously. So if you are, uh, if you have to compulsory serve into the military, my thought process is, is that, that when you come back out of it, you have a better appreciation for what it is that it means to be an American citizen. So what, what does it mean to be an American citizen? I mean, if, if America is about freedom, then putting somebody, you know, then drafting somebody doesn't really teach them about freedom, does it? Um, it gives them – I have a view on the world that is uh, that only about 1 percent of all Americans speak. Actually, let's say 2 percent because I'm the married half of the military. Um, and, you know, but 1%, 2% of the, of the people in the U.S. will ever serve. I think seeing it from a military aspect, I I, I want to hear more if you don't mind. Hang on. We'll bring you back, Mike. 855-450-FREE. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty creepy. Forcing people is freedom? Huh? MindThings.com is a fun online game that pits you against people around the world to mine for scarce resources. Do business in a capitalist economy with virtually mined gold tax-free. You could be a trader doing business between cities, a pirate lying in wait for hapless traders, a guard capturing pirates, or one of nine other professions. It doesn't require a big-time commitment. Your mining robots work whether you're logged in or not. It costs nothing to play, but you can buy bonuses. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MindThings.com. Use coupon code FTL. Double your mining speed. It's free. MindThings.com. Live, toll free number here, 855-453. We're here on this live Saturday edition of the program. We'll take your calls about what whatever's on your mind. Also, talking about the draft, military service as well, 855-450-3733. It appears there are rumblings yet again for a return to the draft or a brand new sort of a draft, which will involve 
a national service component, as has been hinted at for the last several years at various different points. Uh, if you may recall, in the 2008 election, there was a, uh, a summit that they had on national service where both presidential candidates were invited and both spoke in favor of a national service program. Now, there was never any move forward with that program in the last four years. But here they are again talking about it, uh, as has been prompted by the comments from General Stanley McChrystal, uh, former top commander of the international forces in Afghanistan. So now you've got a major military personality coming out in favor of bringing back the draft. And so inevitably, the buzz has once began, uh, once once again started regarding that uh, that discussion. So we'll go back to Mike here, listening in Virginia Beach to WNIS. Mike, I just want to make sure I understood, because maybe I misunderstood. It sounded like you were saying that uh, being forced to be in the military would be somehow would teach kids how freedom is great uh, can you explain to me well, no, okay uh, let me take a couple steps back uh, real quick on on compulsory service in any kind of other institution other than the military i'm not for um because i think that starts to blur the line between uh between uh federal and state and i do believe in state in states rights uh, but when you have instances like like Obama has talked about in, in one of his speeches a long time ago, was was having a uh, what you're talking about a national service where when you do something like that, it starts to blur the line, which is exactly what the Posse Comitatus Act was about, and actually kind of what happened uh, in Louisiana when uh, Katrina hit. You had an issue with being able to use the military for a state issue, and I don't think that establishing a service um, kind of enter into the United States that leaves a whole lot of other things that can be played around with that starts to mess around with state sovereignty. So with that being said, on the military side, um, I don't see a need for a draft. However, I do see that when a person is in the service, they have more than likely a better appreciation for what it is, uh, for what freedom is to a person after being in the military. Kind of like, like with my daughter. My that, daughter that's epilepsy. true. I can see where you're coming from because like when I was put in jail for uh, 58 days, I had a great appreciation for how free I felt when I walked out of there. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Because like, they'll be basically taken against their will and forced into no, something. No, no. He was, in, he was uh, against a draft. But you said if there yeah, was I, a draft, I, you think it would not see. I don't, see I don't see a need for the draft. But you said if okay. there was one, that it would be helpful for people. I would say that if we were in a time of war and it was needed, that 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 you would definitely need to have the bodies. I say that that military service in general to the people that go in and come out have a better appreciation. I, see. I have a better appreciation for an epileptic family because my daughter is epileptic. Before she had the disease, all I could, or before she had that illness diagnosed, all I could do was ever emphasize was somebody who had a family member who had epilepsy. Now, does, does this mean that I think everybody should have epilepsy? No, but my daughter is epileptic. Okay. I, now I, I get have, where you're coming from. You know, I now have a good idea because uh, I, I have a 
direct connection. I now know what those people feel like. I've got it, and I, you know, I obviously, you know, your your challenges is what yours is, and I know that uh, everybody faces their own, and and I hope that uh, I hope you can handle it. I'm, you know, I'm good. Good luck. But I guess what I want to try to clear up here is: Are you saying that people in the military or, or get out of the military appreciate freedom more because they had restrictive freedom while in the military, or are you saying that? Of you know doing what you're told by you know higher ups in Washington D.C. makes one a better American. I'm trying to figure that out. No, I, I uh, you the people that I know and the people that I hang out with and the, like my father being a retired Marine, my brother being a former Navy, my uh, uncle being former Army, my other uncle being former Marine. Um, the, these people and the people that are my friends and the people that I, that I socialize with, so I cannot speak for every single military member, but those individuals understand uh, that the, the weight of freedom in and of itself is on their shoulders because they are the ones that are going to be called up to be the defense of that freedom. So uh, it's not being what you're told. It is, it is serving that greater good inside of the service. I really wonder about this statement, and I'd like to preface this with every male in my family served in the military, too. Um, so, I mean, Except you. Right. right. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, not me. Uh, I wasn't qualified. So, um, but when in the last six decades has anybody fought for freedom? Uh, yeah, your point is well taken. I mean, So really, can, uh, what the military is, is a squad of people that does what Washington tells them to do, Right. Uh, if you wanted to bring it down to that level, yeah, I guess you could, you can make the argument that way. So the idea is that being in the military, because there's the possibility that you could, in theory, be called to defend the country, makes you more appreciative of freedom? I I would say that it makes you more appreciative of freedom because of the fact that, that, again, yes, you're right. Have we had been, have we had the same kind of call of World War II, uh, in the last uh, 50 years? No. We have not had that kind of call. Probably won't either. Well, well uh, I don't know. You know, um, I would say right now this whole thing in Syria is starting to give me a little scary. I just don't think conventional uh, – Syria is scary, no doubt. But I just don't think conventional war likely is, is what's going Syria, on anymore. Hold on. Is Syria a threat to the United States? No, but Russia uh, is and China is. Yeah, um, and I think that uh, right now as, as, uh, as you have these people like Clinton and uh, – and the like, uh, starting to do their talking tough, I would think that um, if we're put into a situation where Obama does send some people in or send somebody in, yeah, you can, you can, you can look forward to a whole bunch of threats. Mike, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, though I, I deny uh, the idea that uh, World War II was somehow defending freedom here, it wasn't. Uh, well, the, it's a very complicated issue. The and Japanese I think that, were goaded into attacking Pearl Harbor. Well, they, there was a uh, there was an embargo uh, against Japan, but um, you know they were doing some horrifying, horrifying things in China. And one really has to ask, what's a what's a country's role? Yeah, it was beneficial to the United States to uh, you know define the uh, you know an imperial force to fight, no doubt about it. And there's the, the McCullough Memo. Where you know they were they were trying to figure out ways to goad uh, Japan. All you have to do is look it up. Is it McCullough or McCullum? I think it was McCullum. Yeah, McCullum memo. 
you know, take a look. This thing, obviously, there's, you know, historically, this thing existed and it had to have come um, across uh, Roosevelt's desk. You know, there's no there's no picture of him reading it. But, uh, you know, it it, it benefit it was going to benefit the United States, not the people who caught the bullets, but it was going to benefit the United States to uh, to be in a war. So we were talking about the draft and the proposal here in the New York Times regarding bringing it back and having it be even larger than ever before because it would have a non-military component. It would have a national service component where he says that you could be, for instance, providing daycare for people across the country or delivering meals to shut-ins or whatever other tasks that the government came up for you for. And he says that the final objection to this program, to his proposal, is the price tag. He claims the program would cost billions of dollars, but he says it would also save billions, especially if it implemented broadly and imaginatively. And no one's more imaginative than a central control bureaucrat. I mean, you well, they always look, imagine that it's going to work out. You want to look for imagination and innovation? Look no further than the DMV and the Postal Service, right? But, you know, the, the fact is, is that bigger government generally results in people being, uh, you know, skirting around the system. It, 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 it involves corruption. Um, you know, bureaucracies are not known for efficiency. And, you know, that it's, it's just tough. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't work as much as we'd all like it to. I certainly, you know, I, I've considered these ideas in the past and eh, just doesn't work. He says one reason our relatively small military is hugely expensive is that all of today's volunteers are relatively small military. <laughs> There's more military spending in the United States than the next 26 countries combined. Uh, this guy wants it to be larger. Our relatively small military. But he says the reason why it's so expensive is because they're paid well and often have spouses and children who require housing and medical care. He says unmarried conscripts don't need such a safety net and much of the labor currently. Maybe we could just out- outlaw kids getting married before. The age of 21. Much of the labor currently contracted out to the private sector could be performed by 18 year olds for much less. And we could raise the retirement age for the professional force from 20 to 30 years of service. There's no reason to kick healthy 40 year olds out of the military and then give them full retirement pay for 40 years. He says these reforms would greatly reduce both recruiting and pension costs. So he says that uh, labor currently contracted out could be performed by 18-year-olds. Yeah, I want to have an 18-year-old completely inexperienced person build my house for me. 18-year-olds are, I mean, sorry, if you go and work in the the marketplace, you'll find out they aren't trained for much of anything these days. 855-450-FREE. More on the draft. Your call's about what you want. Hour 2 is next. It's Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. The 
This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site, so enjoy those, and you can create the content as well. Submit different things to the website, and then it'll, those things can be voted upon, and you can vote up or down on whatever you see on the site, whether you like or dislike the entry, as is uh, provided by listeners just like you. So, you can submit things to the site, vote upon them, and then the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the site. Go see what I mean by going to freetalklive.com. And also don't forget to click the upcoming stories uh, section to be able to vote on brand new items that are just coming onto the site. So once again, that's freetalklive.com. As we continue here uh, tonight in the studio, it's Ian and Mark. And we're going to go right into your phone calls. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, we have been talking about the draft. Uh, you're certainly welcome to comment on that or bring up whatever might be on your mind. Let's go to Stephen listening to XM Satellite Radio to Extreme Talk. Hey, Stephen. Hey, hi. Uh, I just want <laughs> I just have one thing. I was in the military for 31 years, and I hear all this talk about the draft and defending freedom and all that. And I can, from my perspective, as I'm ex-Navy, I never defended anybody's freedom, American or anybody else's. I was, to put it, uh, I guess, bluntly, I was a hired thug for the U.S. government. Wow. And uh, Is this we medley really better? don't defend. That's just... It's just propaganda put out by the government, you know. And it's uh, I, I hear all sorts of little goofy propaganda quips of you know just a few words long, like we're the best and the brightest, and and all of that just makes me it makes me ill because of all the think of all the millions of people that have died because America the American military is all over the world defending freedom mm. and. There's nobody attacking us. No. I mean, our government is like every other government. It's run by degenerate psychopaths that are power mad, and I, I have no clue what goes on inside their mind, but it's nothing good. You know. Wow. And that's, I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate to sound like an extremist, but no, I you work sound with you them, sound you completely know. reasonable to me. I mean, that's well, I don't have anything to say to it. I think you're right on. But uh, one, of, I, one of the I, things I, is that since we since we on this show have to, uh, you know, we haven't been in the military, we have to kind of uh, mince words to some extent. Well, we on this show tonight, but we do have co-hosts sometimes certainly, certainly. during the week who have been. Um, and so we're, no, we're, no, we're not unfamiliar with the nonsense uh, that is attached to the military and, you know, the stuff that really goes on in there, the bureaucracy, the waste, the, the, you know, the murder, the killing of, uh, of innocent people around the world. Apparently, and, um, one in three women uh, who is in the military gets raped, too, as I yeah, um, understand that, too. Which well, is really... there is a lot. Well, you've got all those young men. Yeah. You've got a lot of young men. I mean, we basically send kids to fight our war. Sure. And that's who it is. And, My back's you know, bad. I've, I've done a lot of, I did a lot of reading of history uh, since I've retired, and I'm I'm horrified. You know, I've I've heard people talk about, well, if we hadn't gotten involved in World War II, you know, Germany would have conquered the world. Uh, the Germans were so worn out before we before we got into World War II. Churchill and Germany were and Hitler. They were talking about an armistice or a mm-hmm. peace deal. And don't they forget, were all worn out. it's important to point out that uh, Hitler probably never would have uh, had a chance to rise to power had the U.S. not gotten involved in World War One in the first place. Right. 
Right, and uh, Hitler never wanted, if you read Mein Kampf, um, and most people certainly haven't, as I understand it's a terribly written book anyway, um, but it, you know, it says... Uh, it, it says that he wanted Germany. I mean, that's what he was clear on. He wanted to move east, not west. Excuse me, he wanted uh, Russia. He wanted to move east, not west. And th- this is the thing that most Americans don't understand is the conflict between Germany and Russia in World War II was the largest conflict the world had ever seen except for World War II. So in contained inside this large conflict of World War II was the largest conflict ever seen. This was where the killing went on, was in the Soviet Union and and in Russia, uh, you know, when uh, yeah. Hitler was moving that direction. So Hitler was spent on that side. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's this, you know, I mean, I, I have uh, I, I have some uh, in-laws that are uh, that married into the family, and they're immigrants from Russia. And they, you know, we sit around uh, in the evenings with us, and, and I've, I've talked to them, and they said the one thing that surprised them about America is, they said, "You actually, you people actually believe what your government says." <laughs> and they said, "In Russia, we know those people are worthless." You know, it's, isn't it amazing, Steve? I mean, Stephen, isn't it amazing that people keep falling for the same old tricks again uh, well, and again? And they, they, they will tell you that politicians are liars, but they believe what the government says, as if it's not yeah. full of politicians. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Hey, Stephen, great call, man. Any other thoughts you want to share? Oh no, that's about it. Thanks. I just I just want you to know that I listen to you every second you're on the air. Great, clear. Uh, great to hear from you, and thanks for clearing up the misconceptions that so many people have about the military and the the, the, the shenanigans that go on. And I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, that's the number. We'll go to Joey listening in South Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live, Joey. Yes. Hi. How are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I'm calling actually in regard, I mean, I can comment on, on the, the draft thing in the military, but I'm uh, calling because uh, you told me to call the show about a, a post on uh, Free Team Live about the anti-recruiting tables. Did I? I don't, oh, right, okay, right, right. So uh, what was it that you wanted to say? Oh, I just wanted to uh, just discuss, you know, um, the recruiters. It seemed to me like you were going after the the recruiters. Yeah, let me give our listeners a recap of what we're talking about here. So right. I've been working recently in Keene, New Hampshire, to get what are, what are called counter-recruiting tables, uh, military veterans who would be staffing a uh, outreach table, essentially, at the uh, local high school because the military recruiters are allowed to be at that high school multiple times per year to give uh, propaganda to the students and attempt to convince them to join the military. Now, this is ruled as, uh, this is mandatory in the Second Circuit Court of Appeals, is that right? They've ruled it's mandatory that uh, schools, if they allow recruiters in, that must allow counter-recruiters. Is I'm that correct? I'm not sure which Court of Appeals it was. New but, York. Uh, the- I don't think that's true. I think that uh, it was the New York Civil Liberties Union that reported on those cases, but there are some appeals court cases that do make it pretty clear that if uh, one viewpoint is to be allowed to be represented at a government school, that another viewpoint must also be allowed. The counter viewpoint, for instance, must also be allowed to be represented. So I was making my stand on those uh, points, and the school board shot it down. They said they don't want to have counter recruiters uh, in the schools. And so you had posted a comment about that, Joey, asking several questions, and I actually wrote back saying i didn't have time to write a response uh to all your questions and besides if you call the show more people are going to hear you than are going to read your comments anyway so this is actually a better way for you to get your thoughts out so with that uh preface go ahead with uh what you wanted to say well um i'm currently active duty 
I've been in the uh, Army for 11 years, and um, I've actually did a, a recruiting stint for a while. And I think that there's a lot of confusion as to what recruiters do. I mean, it was uh, my main job wasn't to convince people to join. It was to find who's qualified and who's not. You know, they make up their own mind. They choose to join whether or not, or, you know, they get to choose whether or not they want to join. And mm-hmm. uh, Really? Because this is a... Draft, I don't want to interrupt or anything, but this is not my yeah. understanding of the role of a recruiter. Um, I, it's my understanding that you have a quota that you have to meet on, I think it's a quarterly basis um, of a certain number um, in that uh, period. And that, um, you know, if you don't meet that number, that you're, that you know, it's, it's not going to go well for you particularly. I mean, you can't keep the cushy uh, civilian recruiting job, essentially, if you if you don't have uh, such a thing. And there's been several news pieces um, about wide scale uh, recruiters telling just flat out lies to uh, you know recruits. And one would wonder if there's no real incentive for them to tell lies, why would they do it? Yeah, um, I've come, I, you know, I've, I've actually dealt with that. And um, when our training and, and they talk to us about, you know, what we're to say, we actually do get punished for lying to, to people. Really? Because I've seen uh, news stories. If you want to hang on, Joey, we can bring you back here in a moment. You can continue. But I've seen news stories about how the military has issued a memo about the naughty behavior of these recruiters. And, of course, the behavior continues. And they move them from one location to another. Move one lying, caught lying recruiter from one location to another. Yeah. Yeah. 855-450-FREE. You can take control here. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. 1-855-450-FREE. There's a legendary piece of equipment in the radio world. It's the CC Radio 2. It has the best AM reception, bar none, thanks to their twin-coil ferrite AM antenna. It also has stellar FM reception, plus ham and weather. I recently got one. It's the nicest radio I've ever owned. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are lauded for their quality by experts the world over. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get the CC Radio 2 at ccrane.com, ccrane.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. It's the live Saturday edition of the program, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. Uh, We give them away. So once again, freetalklive.com. Features including archives going all the way back to late 2006. You can download as many episodes of the show as you would like. And they cost you nothing, except the time it takes to click and download. Go to freetalklive.com. And if you want, you can click over to our SoundCloud page to go all the way back to uh, 2006 with archives and get easy, uh, easy buttons to help you share those archives on your Facebook page, perhaps, or a Twitter profile, uh, wherever you want. There are various different options. You can just click on Share on the episodes you want to share with your friends. And that's something that uh, can really help us out here on uh, Free Talk Live, is uh, sharing at least one show per week. And so, once again, you can go to the SoundCloud page by looking at freetalklive.com. On the left-hand side, it's under Listen and Share. You'll find the link there. Coming uh, up 
the Free State Projects Liberty Forum. Going to be next year, your uh, chance to come up to New Hampshire and experience what it's like to be around hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people all at the same time to collaborate on activism and to get to know one another on a social basis. And it's just a blast being together with other like-minded folks. And once the Liberty Forum dates are announced, we'll certainly let you know. I know that's coming soon. Uh, But you can go to freestateproject.org in the meantime to learn more about the Free State Project and join the nearly 12,000 people who have signed on to pledge to make the move to New Hampshire and get active to achieve liberty in our lifetimes. If you love freedom and you're willing to do something about it and you're willing to stand up for the liberty of others, then you should go to freestateproject.org to learn more. As we go to Joey, he's listening in South Carolina. And Joey, you had uh, called in here tonight to kind of uh, do something that is very rare. Uh, sometimes I'll post to someone online who has posted, say, over the Freekeen blog at freekeen.com on the comments section. I'll suggest, hey, if you really want to discuss this issue, whatever the issue might be, you can call Free Talk Live. And I gave the number. And unlike most people, you actually did call. So uh, kudos to you for that. Uh, we've been talking about military recruiting, and you said that you did some military recruiting. You are not currently a military recruiter? No, not anymore. And, and that's something else I wanted to bring out. You know, this is uh, recruiting uh, for the military isn't a specific job. It's an assignment. Um, uh, oh, for the Army, I What's know the difference sure, there? as well as other um, uh, branches. I can't speak on behalf of all the other branches. But, yeah, it's, it's a, usually like a two- or three-year assignment for us. I see. Um, so you got rotated out, basically? So, so it doesn't matter yeah. how good of a, of a recruiter you are? You, you can't actually stay there? You can stay. You can choose to stay if you want to, and then they have to accept you to stay as well. Um, so, so, so you initially well, are assigned to it, and then after your stint is up, you have the option to stay on board or be assigned elsewhere? Well, you can request to stay on board as a recruiter, or you can go back to your previous job you were doing uh, for the Army. And so you decided to go back to your other job? Right. That's correct. Why? Uh, what was wrong with the recruiting gig? Um, it's just something I didn't want to do mm-hmm. um, the rest of my career with the Army. Um, I wanted to stay with the Army. It's a good way to support my family, uh, the benefits and pay and all that. Uh, I'm a watercraft operator. I'm a non-combat job. So, were you aware uh, while you were a recruiter about some of the shenanigans going on uh, with the other recruiting offices, like you know, with them lying oh, yes. uh, to potential yes, recruits and also uh, basically falsifying things like drug tests and stuff like that? Oh, yes, yes. I, I'm aware they show us videos of these things. It, it's kind of like what not to do because it actually sheds poor light on, on where you recruit at. Um, one of the things they teach us is if, if you're upfront and honest um, with the people and they, they come back, they're going to tell their friends, yes, go see this person. They'll tell you like it is, how it's going to be, and they actually will help you get more people in. So how do you feel about the counter-recruiting idea with uh, bringing military veterans into uh, government schools and having them tell their experiences to young people rather than just having it be so one-sided? Um, I think that um, based off the, the post I saw, it, it just seemed kind of to me like you were targeting recruiters. Um, I think it's good for people to go and ask prior military personnel well, no, it's not targeting recruiters. The idea is to just get counter-recruiters into the school at least as often as the recruiters are. So the idea would be if the recruiter's in one day, then the counter-recruiters would be in the next day. Uh, so it would be a, uh, an equal situation. Yeah, I mean, if that's what you want to do, 
you know, I'm, I'm all for it's that. What the, I'm, it's I'm what the veterans well. want to do. I support the idea. It's what the, what the veterans want to do. They want to get in and talk to these young people to stop them, right. hopefully, from joining the military and losing their lives for the benefits of politicians and corporate industrialists. Did you hear the guy who was on just before you that said he was a 30-year Navy veteran and said that he wasn't he didn't defend anybody's freedom, but that he was just a paid thug for, the, uh, the, for Washington, D.C.? I, I, I did hear that. And, I mean, there's uh, a lot of people that feel that way. Yes, uh, and what I want to say is, you know, and throughout my, I've been in 11 years, throughout my career so far, um, I I could say I probably haven't, specifically because I'm not in combat uh, job, I'm in transportation, I haven't, like, fought. For well, yeah, you haven't freedom. directly fought, but you have assisted but, others in fighting. Well, let him finish what he's saying. Well, actually, I've assisted um, people. I've been to Alaska. I assisted with what was called an Alaskan Roads Project. Um, for the people up there building a road from one end of an island to another. Um, I've assisted with um, helping the Haitian people, the Hades, after the earthquake, getting food and supplies into that area for those people, um, as well as several other people I work with. So, I mean, as far as helping somebody's freedoms, no, but helping people out in a peaceful way, peaceful areas, you know, uh, I have done that. Well, I'm glad to hear that you've had a positive experience, Joey. So you haven't actually been in a combat role? No, he's not in combat. Uh, no, no. I non-combat job, uh, and I'm very fortunate. But your you know, non-combat job hasn't taken you near any uh, combat zones? Uh, I've been to Kuwait, um, and, uh, which is technically not really a combat zone area uh, in Kuwait. It's you know, pretty safe over there. Um, well, I'm, you know, you're very fortunate, uh, and that's great. And if you ever want to call again, you're certainly welcome to do so. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, you can bring up whatever you want. And so for all these examples that certain people in the military might give of, uh, well, we helped build a bridge, or we helped uh, you know, build a school, or we helped do something constructive. Uh, Mark, you've been to Haiti, and you've never been in the military. Right. It's true. Uh, yeah, I went yeah. for a radio station. We we delivered a radio station that in a group that you and I both work for. Uh, we d- delivered school supplies. I flew down there with uh, an organization called Agape Flights out of uh, Sarasota, Florida. Was it military was it a military flight? No, no. no. It was just uh, they just had one of those uh, American Eagles that were you know remember those planes that were falling off of runways uh, back in the late eighties. Um, you know they, we flew one of those down there. <laughs> My point being though, uh, you don't need to have the military around to help build a bridge. You don't need to have the military around to help. They got you. a lot of cool equipment and i imagine that that makes it a lot easier but what you're so alluding to is, is that um you know government it, it, government necessarily is an inefficiency in the marketplace because it's allocating funds in a direction that wouldn't necessarily be allocated otherwise um you know that and you know it, it's the the, you know, the volunteerism that is always assigned to the military perhaps isn't uh, you know properly assigned in the case of bridge building or whatever because well they're getting paid to do it obviously he believes it's a good career move for him and his family he'll probably retire um, you know at some point at uh, retire at forty and get a pension for forty years uh, maybe he'll go on to another work another job so that can be very beneficial as a volunteer firefighter I mean I, you know that's not really volunteerism. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. Live Saturday edition, Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. 
When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Freetalk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. Talk Live, live Saturday edition. We will take your calls about whatever's on your mind. 855-450-FREE. Though the common topic this evening has been the draft and then things tangentially related to that, like military recruiting. 855-450-FREE. Joining you here tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And we want to invite you over to freetalklive.com. Listening options are there. Live streams are available. You can get tuned into broadband, midband, and narrowband streams. So different size streams for different internet connection sizes. Uh, you can also learn about our over 100 great AM and FM stations across the country that air the show throughout the week at various different times. Plus, our satellite listening options, including XM Satellite Radio, where we can be heard all seven nights per week. Also, the free-to-air KU band channel is available to you. The webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more. You can get your Liberty message out to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece. You can do it from the back of your car with libertystickers.com. They've got hundreds and hundreds of different Liberty sayings over there. I've got one on the back of my car that says, Barack Obama's fired more cruise missiles than all other Peace Prize winners combined. You can get one that uh, one of these pithy and amusing sayings right over there at libertystickers.com. Check them out. Let your voice be heard. They also do – they'll make custom stickers for you. Um, you can – if you have a bank or, or – excuse me, a band or a church or a business that you want to get a sticker for, they'll make them for you. Also, they sell in bulk if you've got some kind of retail outlet. It's libertystickers.com. All right. Let's continue taking your phone calls. We'll go to Bob listening in Charleston, South Carolina to WSCFM. Hey, Bob. How you doing? What's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, you were talking about uh, the recruiting for uh, civilian uh, force of people, and it got me thinking about uh, in uh, 2008 in Barack Obama's uh, uh, election campaign, he mentioned that he wanted to have a security force as large as the military but it would be a civilian security force. That's as right. large, as powerful, and, and as well-funded. But remember, that was both. Right. That was an idea supported by both Barack Obama and John McCain. Uh, so it's, well, it's when this comes about, it's going to be a bipartisan effort where they will cram it this down. It benefits both both parties. Well, that's what kind of scares me: the fact that all of a sudden now you're going to have uh, people who are already uh, going have been to high school and have been uh, brainwashed. And now you're going to put them in classrooms and brainwash them on what you want them to do, and they'll think that they're just doing the best thing in the world. That's it. You know, I mean, it's it's pretty easy to do. You start them out in kindergarten, having them say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, and then by the time you get them to high school, you tell them that, uh, look, you know, your country wants you to go fight and die in this desert for uh, these politicians um, and this this oil company, and, you know, this is, this is what it's about. Go get them. Well, uh, you know, in this country, it's, it, we have very few uh, uh, free thinkers, and that's what I like about what you guys are doing. It causes me to sit and think a lot about my ideas and what I think uh, have thought in the past, and that we need more people to sit and sit down and really think through what they're doing instead of blindly following the leader. 
and that's, thinking that the government's going to take care of them and everything's just going to be hunky dory. Yeah, that's critical thinking. You know, you got to sit down and you got to think about everything. And, I'm totally uh, with you on that, Bob. Appreciate you doing that. Anything else you want to share with us tonight? No, I appreciate it very much. You Great. guys have a good night. Great Thank call. You. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Glad. Always nice to hear the gears are turning out there. And, you know, sometimes it just comes from asking That's why questions. I do this program. I'm not doing it for the giant uh, talk show host paycheck. No, we don't get that. We don't get <laughs> uh, there's, there's It's hard on Free Talk Live. I mean, it's easy to sit there and play Let Freedom Ring as a person who's <laughs> never been in the military and say, our boys in the military are nothing but heroes. And those dumb Democrats out there, it's easy to follow a party line and just pick one party and stick with it because yeah. half of the population thinks you're awesome when you do it well, right. it's you don't have simple to think. I mean, well, you talk about not thinking if you pick a party line and stick with it that's the definition of not thinking you're letting somebody is. else make decisions for you but you, you become know, their tool it's easy to uh, advertise on a program like that because well at least half the audience thinks it's awesome so i don't know if that's true where at least what do you mean well, I don't know. I, I mean, most of the audience probably aren't Republicans or Democrats, right? So I don't know if half the audience thinks uh, that the the opinions expressed on one of those Republican-Democrat shows are awesome. I think they're the, just maybe being entertained because that's what they're listening to on the radio. That's the only talk radio that there is. I don't know. I have a difficult time listening to radio that I disagree with. I, You know, it, it bothers me. Well, and I'm well, not going to do it for that long. You look at uh, the talk radio uh, numbers project or whatever it's called. Talk Ma- Talkers Magazine has been doing it for years mm-hmm. where they, they look at uh, demographic details of uh, people that listen to talk radio and they find out that the majority of the audience are neither Republicans or Democrats. That doesn't mean that they don't lean one way or the other. I mean, you know, I'm an independent. I don't know what it means, Mark. I'm not going to make any uh, presumptions about that. I just know they're not Republicans and Democrats. That's, it's a true statement. You're so absolutely they, right. I've if seen they the cared enough about what was being said, they would probably pick one of those sides. But they don't, because most people are, I think, reasonable enough to be willing to, to ask questions and to uh, be open-minded to new ideas. But a lot of people that are independents really just vote for one of the two parties almost you know, 90% of the time. Let's go to you and your thoughts. We'll talk to Dan listening in Hotlanta to XM Satellite Radio's Extreme Talk. Hey, Dan. Hey, how you doing? What's on your mind tonight? Hey, well, I just tuned in a few minutes ago to the radio program, and I just got to the end of the last segment. Um, the gentleman was talking about the uh, – I thought I heard him say that the military isn't really volunteerism because they get paid. Oh, that, that was me, yeah. Right. Now, these people are, are volunteering. They're joining the service of their own free will. and. Essentially, they're they're volunteering their lives, in essence, for this country. So let now, me, I, I would hold that in okay. I, I would hold that in higher regard, though, to some you know college kid or whatever who spends a, a few afternoons helping to build a house for somebody who may or may not deserve it. I just like to use you know, terms for what they mean. Twenty years of their life. I gotcha. I, I just like to use terms for what they mean. Now um, there are plenty of uh, jobs that are dangerous. Uh, you know, commercial fisherman comes to mind. Over the road truck drivers is a dangerous job. Garbage uh, man. Gar- garbage man is a dangerous job. Lineman's a ga- dangerous job. Would you call those people volunteers? And people are, are paid very handsomely for some of those jobs that are, that are deemed very dangerous, unlike the military, of course. Well, you, but most people who are going into the military tend to be quite young, and they're going in for things like discipline and things like uh, you know college, uh, you know help and that kind of thing. They're not going in necessarily because they're trying to 
you know, help. I hang, mean, hang on a second here. Mark, uh, Dan didn't answer the question, though, about would those other jobs be considered volunteer? No, they get paid too much. They don't get – that's what he's he saying. he didn't say yes or no. Okay, go ahead, Dan. Okay, yeah, no, those jobs wouldn't be volunteerism. Because they get paid too much? Because they get paid handsomely for their efforts. Well, what right. about people working to, at McDonald's? People go to those jobs. People go to those jobs enticed for the money. What about McDonald's? They're enticed by the money. Well, what, what, what about, about McDonald's? What? Is that volunteering? Okay, volunteer uh, McDonald's isn't a, a very dangerous job. So that's not volunteering. Did you? But the guy we were speaking to on that you got in the middle of this on was a guy who drove drove some kind of watercraft for the military in in non combat situations, and at one point was a recruiter. So he was never in a dangerous position. And he talked about some of the things he did, which was go to Haiti and uh, help with the uh, earthquake situation down there and build uh, a road actually in in Alaska. I don't know why the bridge kept coming up. And that's what I was comparing it to. Is it like it's it's essentially the the it's you know it's not volunteerism when you're getting paid to go and do something. You're volu- he said, you're- "Wait a second, Ian." He said he went into the military because it's a good career for him and his family. When you're talking about uh, careers like fisherman or over the road truck driver and things like that, yeah, when you get in, you don't get paid as much. Same as a private in the military, but as you you know get better and as your skilled la- skill goes up in whatever job you're doing, like the military. It goes up and up. I mean, a young man can go into the military at 18 years old, retire at 38, and have a pension until he's 88. You're telling me that's not good pay? you don't think he deserves that pension? I'm asking you if it's good pay and if it's volunteerism. Don't sidetrack the situation. one, one, it's not good pay, okay, and it is volunteerism. Generally, anyone who joins the military— This is blind. uh, You're you're blindly looking at this. It's not volunteerism. <laughs> okay, who joins the Hang on, Dan. We can bring you back here. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition. We will take your calls about what you want. Also talking in general about the draft, military, 855-450-FREE. The New York Times and General McChrystal have been calling for the draft. And so it wouldn't surprise me if you start to see more discussion about the draft as the campaign season heats up. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if one of the questions in the upcoming presidential debates between Romney and Obama, unless Ron Paul actually happens to somehow pull off a victory at the upcoming Republican convention. But it wouldn't surprise me if Romney and Obama in a debate are asked a question about whether or not they support bringing back the draft. And then I bet you they both will support it or some sort of uh, version of it. Yeah, people who've never been in the military love the idea of the draft. We will continue here uh, with uh, with you and your thoughts. 855-450-FREE. Also want to invite you to go to shop.freetalklive.com. If you've got stuff that you need to buy, then get it through Amazon. You can do that by going to shop.freetalklive.com. 
and they will probably have what you're looking for. Dozens of categories in which you can uh, purchase products. You know Amazon. It's huge selection and free super saver shipping on a whole lot of their items. When you enter Amazon through our links, you'll find it shop.freetalklive.com, and there are links there for the UK, for the US, and for Canada Amazons. You enter through our links at shop.freetalklive.com, and Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. Let's go back to Dan listening in Atlanta. I just want to make sure we can clarify this because it seems like we have different understandings of what volunteerism is. And Dan, from what I understood of your conversation, it was mostly you and Mark going back and forth in the last segment. Uh, from what I understood of the conversation, you're basically saying that when you're in the military, because it's dangerous and because you do good things sometimes for people, that that's volunteerism. Whereas someone join, uh, joining another job, which is dangerous, like being a garbage man or a lineman, for instance, is not volunteerism because they're paid well, and also, uh, even though they're dangerous, and McDonald's isn't dangerous, so that's not volunteerism. Did I misunderstand you? Okay, you're, you're way out there in left field. There's a lot of things, there's a lot more to the military than just it being dangerous. I just want to know what makes it volunteerism in your mind. Can you define what that means? What is volunteerism? That is what you're called in about, right? What is volunteerism to you? Okay. What is volunteerism to me? Someone giving of themselves for a higher good. Okay. So, um, and, and that was what the point I was trying to make was for people like commercial fishermen, over-the-road truck drivers, especially over-the-road truck drivers. I've got to say, every time one of them calls in, I generally say thank you for your service because I understand that every good or service that I have, the things that make it so that I'm not living in some dirty little hut, um, is provided to me by over-the-road truck drivers. And they're giving of themselves, by the way. I mean, right. that they takes die a look- younger um, than than many people do. They, uh, you know, the pay it's isn't, a tough life on isn't the road. that fabulous. Tough life hitting the road like that. You know, uh, I, you know. I think the military because they got those cool, uh, they, they got the cool mili- uh, the, uh, the uniforms, and then the politicians pin uh, medals on their chest. I think that they get a, a lot of extra accolades. Whereas people who are pro- providing volunteer services in the marketplace, they don't. Oh, so those are worth risking your life, spending years away from your family. Uh, that uh, that negates the whole uh, service to your country. What do you mean? I, over-the-road truck drivers do uh, uh, all these things. Uh, a little a little, little metal on your chest that makes up for missing your anniversaries and birthdays. And, oh, I, uh, I, don't, don't, don't tell me. I mean, people, people, there's actually, a, there was a law until it was recently overturned that made it illegal to pretend to be a decorated veteran or whatever and wear medals that didn't belong to you and that kind of thing. Assuming, I assume people wear those medals because they're valued for some reason. Well, all of that, all of the you know the missed family reunions and graduations and all that the stuff that people have sacrificed to be in the military is all gone for nothing because all you're doing is you're doing with the bidding of politicians. So you missed your you know your son's graduation or their their marriage or whatever uh, because you've been told what to do by politicians for years. I mean that's there's no honor in that. Uh, so that's pretty much all it is, just politics, huh? Yeah, that's well, all it is. You're just is doing it? is you're, you're just doing their bidding. You has ever been in the military? How Thank you? See, goddess. Thank that's, you for the call. That's the that, that that's where it all comes down to. The, you know, the guy calls in at the top of the hour from the the thirty year Navy vet says that he never, never protected anybody's freedom, and he says that 
you know, that he was a, a paid thug for the military. That's his word. And then we never served in the military. Yeah. You know, I, I think the serve term is even interesting. <laughs> you know, you do a job in the same way this volunteerism idea is. It's this, um, you know, the, the, the jingoism that's all wrapped up in it. You know, you serve in the military, you do any other job. Well, and he wants to live in this world, this kind of rose-colored glasses uh, military perspective of oh, it's not politics. We're just doing what's best for the country. We're doing this wonderful job where we're out there putting our freedom on the line for other people's freedom, and it's just completely insulated from politics. This has nothing to do with what the uh, people in Washington, D.C. want us to do. We're just doing a good job here. It's not not murder. It's collateral damage. Um, You know, when the politicians tell us, and the politicians down through the ranks, I mean, they obviously start with the military people at the top, and it works its way down, but when they tell you to... uh, you know, for instance, fly a drone to kill, kill Anwar al-Wiki out in uh, Yemen. This happened recently. They uh, blew up, they, you know, they drop a Hellfire missile on a cafe, killing, among other people, a 13-year-old American citizen. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sorry. I can't just, if I, if something terrible happened to my family and I hired a paid uh, hitman to go out and fix that problem in the way that I thought, you know, go out and harm the person who did that bad thing to me, and in the process he kills three pe- three innocent people, I'd be charged with murder. It was just politics, Mark. You shouldn't have been charged with murder. That was just politics. Yeah, it's just, it's just politics. So Let's what, go it, to Sean. Bodies. Sean's listening in Medford to KMED uh, in Oregon. Hey, Sean. Hey, what's up? Um, what's on your mind? So basically, I was primarily calling in to uh, discuss my support for the uh, anti-recruiters idea. Um, Excellent. The counter-recruiting. As, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I also had a couple other things to say. First off, as somebody who listens to um, right-wing talk radio, uh, I do listen to it, not because I agree with pretty much any of it, but because I find it entertaining and, for the most part, somebody crazy. Um, <laughs> and so... So that is my primary reason for listening to it. In fact, for the most part, I vehemently disagree with almost all of what they say. Um, But anyways, back to the idea of counter-recruiting as a 17-year-old high school student. um, I fully support that idea. Um, Recruiters get a lot of sort of freedom to come into public schools Mm -hmm. and talk about their whole thing, and they bring rock climbing, you know, walls for people to go play on and all like that. And they, you know, talk about how rosy of an idea it is to join the military and, you know, your freedom and helping your country and all that sort of BS. Um, and, you know, a lot of people get suckered into it and a lot of people get suckered into it for the college benefits. And, and I've talked to, you know, I know a decent amount of before you go on, I just want to make sure that b- before you go too far, this is another one of those words that gets used is country. The, yeah. the politicians are the politicians. The government is the government and the country is the country. I'm not sure that you're doing anything for your country by doing what the politicians who run the government say. Yeah, you're certainly not helping me out by you know going over and killing other people around the world. That's for sure. And it sounds like you've seen through all of the propaganda, Sean. What uh, what helps you do that? What have, uh, well, uh, just my family and the fact that I've always liked to read and pay attention to things. Um, and, I mean, primarily reading and sort of paying attention and keeping track with the news. And it, it all becomes pretty apparent eventually that a lot of it's BS. Um, Excellent. And really, I mean, you know, you aren't fighting for your country. You're fighting for corporate interests and money and, you know, semi-imperialism um, put forward by, you know, politicians and yep, that's what our caller earlier and said and that's what uh, by, by the, corporate interest 
Yep, absolutely right. That's what uh, our caller earlier said. And Mark, he didn't notice it when you asked him this, but you asked him if he was uh, uh, the, the guy from, I'm spacing on his name, the dude that wrote the book War is a Racket, Stan. Oh, yeah, that's Smedley Butler. Smedley Butler, yeah. So, I mean, it's been said for years, decades, uh, that uh, that's all it really is. Just Smedley Butler, two yeah. ta- uh, basically three-time Medal of Honor winner. Um, it, you know, it, it, the history gets a little funky there. But, um, I, you know, I can explain it if somebody wants to call in and talk about it. But um, he... And he was a major general with the Marines. That's what he said. He said that he was not a military hero. He was nothing but a paid thug for Uncle Sam. Sean, any other thoughts exactly. you want to share tonight? Um, well, I did want to say that if they ever do decide to bring back the draft, I'm either going to the woods and uh, living that way or I'm moving out of this country. There's no way they'll get me to fight and lay down my line for Pointless BS. Um, Sean, thanks. Uh, would you would you join uh, to join their little national service program where they wouldn't send you to uh, to war, but they'd have you do some make work program? No. Right on. I appreciate hearing from you. I wouldn't either. 855-450-FREE because I don't Remember, want to be a slave. Remember, country, this country was created by men uh, and women, I'm sure, brave enough to stand up and say, no thanks. No thanks to your tax on tea. No thanks to your intolerable acts. No thanks, no thanks, no thanks, King. Well, I don't, no thanks. I don't blame Those any. were the patriots. Now, people can call in and besmirch our, uh, you know, beliefs on these things if they want. But that's what the I don't think there's anything wrong with Sean deciding to make a run for it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I agree with you that standing up and refusing publicly is much more powerful. 855-450-FREE. But you got to do what's right for you, and yep. I, I understand that. 855-450-3733. Our Three's next live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here, and I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the live Saturday edition of the program. The number here tonight, 855-450-FREE. That's toll-free. It's 1-855-450-3733. It's brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-855-450-FREE. Tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And we will take your calls about whatever's on your mind. For those of you just tuning in, we've been talking about the draft and proposal coming from the New York Times in response to General Stanley McChrystal, former commander of the International Forces in Afghanistan, coming out in favor of reinstating the draft. And there are, of course, different proposals that have been put on the table over the last several years about this. This is actually the first time in a few years, I think, that the the idea of returning to the draft has really kind of come back about into the Maybe national Maybe if Barack discussion. Obama gets a second term, we can get it. 
Uh, well, I imagine Mitt Romney would support it as well, because uh, back in the uh, 2008 election, both uh, Obama and John McCain came out in favor of national service, which is essentially what is being proposed here in this New York Times piece, is not just having a draft for the military, but also having a draft into the national service, uh, which will be a program as large as the military and as well-funded as the military that will be focused domestically, whether that means people guarding the streets or, as they were suggesting here, painting a building or doing some other menial task like taking care of children or whatever. Uh, they are saying that the, they want to create another program essentially as large they as call the it menial? Taking care of children is a, you know, probably the most important job in America. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. But uh, you would be basically, Mark, having uh, 18-year-olds taking care of your kids that uh, may or may not have had any decent amount of training in taking care of them. Uh, they would be just government bureaucrats, essentially, straight out of high school, doing what they're told to do. That's the program being proposed here. Of course, uh, you can bring up uh, whatever you want to in relation to this. It's kind of led into a larger discussion about the military and how uh, they are essentially nothing more than hired thugs, at least according to one of our callers, as well as uh, other people who've been involved over the years. Uh, once again, 855-450-FREE. Whether or not it's volunteerism, whether or not it's political, uh, that uh, the idea being that you're essentially, if you're in the military, you're just doing the bidding of politicians, of the Republicans and Democrats in Washington, D.C., and that you're not doing anything to necessarily protect freedom in any way, shape, or form. In fact, if the military was uh, protecting freedom, as it is proposed that they are, then shouldn't we still have more freedom? Shouldn't we have increasing freedoms? Shouldn't we at least have the same level of freedom consistently over decades? But no, the amount of freedom has been uh, de- depreciating over time. It's, it's been less than taking an airline, airline flight, that's for sure. Yeah, so let's go here uh, and continue with your calls and thoughts. Bill is listening in Jackson to WPBQ in Mississippi. Hey, Bill. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your uh, mind Speaking of corruption in the military and some of the horrible things that can happen when the draft uh, was in place, all one has to do is just do a, a Yahoo search for the American coup. That's C-O-U-P. Make sure you put the and, and Yahoo search. You'll, it'll come up on the first page. It's the second URL down. And it's a 25-minute video. It takes you to a YouTube, and it fully explains the discovery that, that's been made in the past uh, two decades involving LBJ and uh, JFK. And there's definite proof that LBJ had JFK taken out, and thus the Vietnam War was started, because Kennedy would not have gone into the Vietnam. He was, he was bringing the advisors home. They would have all been home by Christmas of uh, 64, had he lived. And, of course, he would have done many other great things, such as bring down the uh, Federal Reserve System and some other things. And Kennedy would have been a great president. He would have been actually a libertarian type uh, if he were uh, alive today. I've heard a lot of these uh, these speculations. I mean, you know, Kennedy's got some interesting quotes that I've seen on the internet. I haven't chased them down to make sure that they're accurate, but you know, they, they, I think that they they point in those directions. I've heard that, and most Americans, the majority of Americans, don't believe the Warren Commission's uh, single gunman, you know, magic bullet uh, theory and and that kind of thing. But I just don't know what you know. I I, I don't know if it's ever changed anything. Of course not. Well. Just look at that video, and uh, I read the book uh, back in, in 03 by Barr McClellan. He was the attorney that represented LBJ while he was still in office, and he, he was very young. He was just getting into it. And all the other attorneys have since then died, and all the other principals are dead. 
Mm -hmm. So Bob McClellan came out with the book in 03, and this is all relating to this fingerprint proof that puts one of the killers that worked for the certain law firm uh, that represented LBJ in D Plaza, and that's proof. And, of course, the FBI denied it, but uh, there, there have been so many other people who have looked at that uh, fingerprint, and there's no denying that, that that killer was up there, and that, that just proves the single killer theory. In fact, uh, Oswald uh, couldn't hit the side of a barn. His, his bullet hit the street, and uh, the uh, Max uh, uh, guy that was up there, he, he got off the first shot that hit the shoulder of Kennedy. And then the, the killing shot came from the ground. And there's proof of that. I mean, just look at the, the Zapruder family. There's no way that that shot could have come from a, a high angle. So up. I get it that a lot of people have interesting theories about the assassination of John F. Kennedy and speculation regarding what he would have done had he stayed alive. Uh, but what really does that get us today, Bill? Well, it, it looks back at the draft and, and the horrible things that can happen in the military because if you see that video, it all comes to light. And it's all corrupt and, and because LBJ carried out the corruption. But it was corrupt that before would, that. that. I mean, uh, would not have happened if Kennedy had lived. You look at War as a Racket uh, as, a, as a book that was published far before uh, John F. Kennedy. And uh, so the, the military has been corrupt since long before Kennedy. I'm not saying that that was the only corruption, but that was a, a horrible case of corruption. And, and what, what happened when, when one character carried out uh, the, the evil deed that he did. Bill, and, and thanks for the call, man. I appreciate hearing from you tonight at 855-450-FREE. You know, one other thing about uh, – and I'm not saying the, the theory is wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. I don't know. Uh, and we'll never know. And this is the you know the interesting thing about the Kennedy assassination. It's the most su- successful conspiracy theory out there. And I call it conspiracy theory just because, you know, that that's the terminology in the area that it fits. I believe I believe in conspiracies, frankly. I just don't believe in all of the conspiracies. Um, the, the problem with – the conspiracy theory angle when you take it is is that first you have to convince people of your conspiracy theory then you have to convince them that whatever it is that uh, you know whatever thing you have to convince them of whereas i prefer the sort of critical thinking uh, you know system where we try to get people to let's talk about these issues let's let's define our terms and then let's talk about concepts like human rights and freedom and you know inefficiencies the marketplace i like these things these work for me yeah i like that stuff too because it matters now and it matters today i think there is some value in looking at corruption of the past of course because it's important for people to learn from the past Mm -hmm. uh but uh, i don't want to speculate on stuff so i want to use issues and examples that are one of the first things they say about glenn beck um in order to dismiss him is he's a crazy conspiracy theorist um you know, I mean, this is the third most popular talk show host, or fourth, depending on the numbers, uh, in the nation. And he's been, you know, had a huge successful empire um, that he's built. He employs hundred, uh, like a hundred people. I've never, you don't find news agencies, you know, people building empires like this. This guy's done amazing work, and it's awesome. Um, but you know, the first thing they do to dismiss him, they just dismiss him. They dismiss the things he says. Is they says he cries too much, and he's a conspiracy theorist. They don't approach the things he talks about they just call him conspiracy theorists let's continue here with you and your thoughts and go to mike listening in el paso listening to xm's extreme talk hey mike hey thanks for taking my call sure. tonight um I, I guess i think it was three callers ago <laughs> talking about the military and then that's the only real form of volunteerism you know because they put their lights on their line and what have you but i, I, I just kind of look at it and i go Everybody who has a job in this country 
or even the people that don't have a job in this country, volunteered to do that, to do whatever it is that they're doing, unless somebody from the government, and that's the only people I know of that, would, that could do this, put a gun to their head and said, you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I, I'm, a, I'm one of those truck drivers that you were talking about earlier. Thank you, Thank for, you for your service. And, and those, <laughs> Thank you. But, uh, you know, I volunteered to do this, and I'm not complaining that in the last 12 years I, have, I haven't been home on my anniversary. I haven't been home on my wife's birthday, any of my kids' birthdays. Yeah, that's what you signed you up know, for. And, and, and in the last 12 years, I've had three Christmases at home. Yep. So, you know. Mike, but, if you want to continue, you're welcome to. Hang on. We'll bring it back. 855-453. Free Talk Live. Get 18,000 radio stations from around the world. Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 Tunes. With C Crane's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. It's great in any room of the house. You can listen to your favorite station stream from back home, whether it's another state or another country. Play Free Talk Live's live streams, lrn.fm, or your favorite stations. If you're not familiar with the C Crane company, their products are the best. Get the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio at ccrane.com. ccrane.com. Talk live, and you can bring up anything you want. All you have to do is dial in toll free at 855 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have there for you. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners, the archives, the bulletin board system, the mobile site. It's all there for you. In fact, if you want to go to that mobile site, you can go to m.freetalklive.com. That's m as in mobile.freetalklive.com. If you ever have uh, connectivity issues due to poor fi- Wi-Fi reception, well, there's a product that really is going to work for you. It's the C-Crane Company's Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. And this device will take, you know, what's, what's normal Wi-Fi uh, reception? Maybe 50, 60 feet? I don't know. You know, I could be wrong on that. Maybe it's a little farther it than that. It depends on your conditions. Yeah, it, it, you know, there's things in between. You've got uh, you have metal in your floors, whatever, and metal, metal in your roof, those kind of things. But this thing can get Wi-Fi connectivity for up to a mile. It's amazing technology, and it really, really works. Um, obviously, you know, it's going to work better if you're you're closer. But you know, it's still it just dramatically increases Wi-Fi connectivity. We're using it at my house, and it really, really works. If you've got say two units on the same property. Or, you know, mom lives down the street, you want to connect to her server, you know, check out, you know, help her with her taxes or whatever it is you want to do. Um, You can do it with the Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. And it's, um, you can go get it at ccrane.com. If you're familiar with the Ccrane company, they've been uh, involved in, you know, sort of radio work, electronics work for decades. And they make the best products you're going to be able to find. It's ccrane.com, C-C-R-A-N-E.com. When you mention Free Talk Live, when you check out you can get a free flashlight a free uh you know free uh, flashlight a uh, little led deal it's a it's great you can always use an extra free flashlight as a matter of fact um the offer still stands i just spoke bob crane uh did an interview with him a couple of days ago so i believe it's till monday if you mention free talk live when you check out not only do you get the flashlight but you get free shipping so there's a you know for a limited time only you'll get free shipping for the super usb wi-fi antenna 3 or anything else over at the c crane company if you mention free talk live 
Great deal. Let's continue with your calls and thoughts. Mike is listening in El Paso, one of the truck drivers, professional drivers, uh, listening on XM's Extreme Talk. Uh, Mike, go ahead uh, with your thoughts. You were kind of run up against the break there. Oh, I understand. Uh, no, I, uh, the ultimate thing is, is I knew what I was getting into when I took this job, and and so do the guys that that joined the military, and and quite a few in the the when this uh, the Afghanistan and Iraq broke out uh, through political wrangling on our part, I, I firmly believe uh, they they were they had joined the military for their free education or that Oftentimes, or that yeah. that, pen, that pension, yeah, you know that you get after serving for twenty years, and they never expected to actually have to put themselves in harm's way. They were hoping not, you know, they didn't think that that was going to happen, and. You know, the, the shame of it is, is if you choose that life, then you have to know that it's going to happen. Just like uh, as a truck driver, I know that statistically I stand a greater chance of dying than people in, in a lot of other professions just because of how dangerous this profession is. Right, and they are no and, more a volunteer than you are, which means not at all. Right. I, you know, I chose this. You know, and, and 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 so you have to live with with with, with what your choices are. Well, unlike uh, unlike the military, uh, you could actually choose to stop at some point. And uh, usually in the military, they uh, they have a problem with you trying to uh, to stop. Um, Sometimes they'll put you in jail for it, yeah, being a part of it. But yeah, I get yeah. You're absolutely spot on uh, for that. Uh, thank you, Mike. Appreciate hearing from you tonight at 855-450-FREE. Uh, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yeah, I remember you're a volunteer. I was... You're a volunteer when you're doing something for charitable purposes where you're not getting a paycheck. I think you you could say that you volunteered to become part of the military and that you chose it. Uh, you can say that you volunteered to sure, become that's part, that's using a, the language a truck driver, but to say that after you've gotten the job that you continue to be a volunteer is inaccurate. You are at that point an employee. You are at that point uh, somebody who works for right. an organization. And the caller did for uh, pay. did say that he, you know, he believed that it required giving of oneself. To be called a volunteer means giving of oneself. And what that means is necessarily, um, you know, sort of a, to a greater extent than the paycheck gives. And you know, lots of jobs are this way. Free Talk Live, I wanted to be a talk show host. I really like the idea of being a talk show host. A lot of people like this idea. It's an awesome thing to do. We did Free Talk Live virtually for free for the first five years or so. Mm, That's about right, yeah. And so did I volunteer because I didn't get monetary, uh, you know, recompense? No, I got other recompense. I was able to talk on the radio and these kind of things. Uh, Yeah, you would have been a volunteer, I think, at that point. I don't think I was. Because you can get other recompense from volunteering, like a good feeling in your heart that you're helping people. But am I a volunteer now because earlier on I didn't? You know, It just doesn't make any sense. Well, you stopped being a volunteer when you started getting paid. Well, I expected... I expected when I started working that uh, the job would pay better in the future. So I was only working the towards the better job. The, the better CEO pay. of Goodwill gets paid. He's not a volunteer. Well, but the people that are you know doing the low-end stuff at Goodwill are volunteers. I get where you're paid. coming from. You're talking about minute to minute. But I'm talking over the course of the career. One of the payment, one of the recompenses to working in the military is a... Uh, you turned your hobby into a career that was a paying, uh, that became right. a paying there, thus job. It was not, uh, thus it was not uh, volunteering in my opinion because I I knew what it was getting into, and I intended to work this and make it into something that was, you know, at this point, it is what I expected to you be. You didn't in the beginning, though. When you first came in, it was just fun. It was just a good time. Sure, you but that's not volunteering either. 
you can have fun when you volunteer. Absolutely. I think that typically volunteering is considered working for a charitable effort, but I don't think that's necessarily it has it has to be. My mom, when I was growing up, wanted me to join the military. She wanted me to join the military specifically was the reason that she said that the PX gave good deals. And I don't know if that's true. I'm not familiar with it. And secondarily, you get the pension that goes on for, you know, forever and ever. You know, I mean, you you join at 18, you can retire at 38 and you get a pension for the rest of your life. I have a friend who did this. He's out retired from the military right now i don't even know if he's got another job he's just kind of doing his thing and it's great i mean you know it's, it's great that that happened but this is the compensation that goes into it let's go to greg listening in huntsville to wbhp hey greg you're on free talk live hey guys hey, uh, i'm really enjoying your topic tonight welcome sir uh, i joined the uh, united states navy in 1983 um and i agree with the caller at the top of the last hour i uh, i i you know i was just, uh, I wouldn't have paid a uh, hitman or paid uh, thug to the government, but um, I did. I did uh, basically do it for pay, for money, as a right. job, because I needed a job at that time, and uh, I didn't volunteer. I did it for self-serving purposes because I needed. I needed money. I needed. I needed income, and uh, I, I we went to the Philippines about ten times, ten or eleven times, and uh, basically all I did in the Philippines was uh, sip a lot of suds and. And uh, hard twenty dollar not prostitutes, you know. And you were a volunteer. Now, <laughs> uh, it was fun at the time, but it's very unfortunate, you know, that that that, that our you know the military took that island during World War Two from the Japanese, and they basically used it for an R and R port. They basically used it up, and. Uh, uh, so you got to paid leave. to party, essentially. If you want, you can tell us more about your story, Greg, and hang on, if you will, 855-453, if you have more to share. Otherwise, uh, we'll continue on. You can also bring up anything you want, 855-450-3733. You take control. It's the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live, one 855 Hey, college students. The Independent Institute in Oakland, California, is putting on the Challenge of Liberty seminar this summer. You can spend a week connecting with other liberty-minded students from around the world, attending seminars with libertarian luminaries, and grappling with pressing issues facing the world's economy and its people. Go to seminar.freetalklive.com. It's $195 for the class and $300 for the room and meals at the beautiful Notre Dame de Namur University in Belmont, California. Seminar.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition. You can take control via the toll-free number at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. In fact, if you'd like, you can go and visit the webcam at cam.freetalklive.com. You'll find the cam itself is there and built into the same page, the chat room, so you can actually interact with other Free Talk Live listeners as you watch the cam. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. As a matter of fact, the phone lines are brought to you by SACL CAI. They're a company that handles collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. They do accounts receivable for your business. If you got into business in order to do your business and didn't get into business in order to handle a bunch of paperwork and collections and those kind of things, SACL CAI can do it for you. They can do it in a manner that uh, is respectful of your clients. They record every call so that you can listen in later if, you, uh, if there's any kind of problem. 
They have the best equipment money can buy. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. We've been talking about the military and the draft and what the military really is. Is it a a heroic job wherein one is a volunteer for the betterment of mankind? Or is it actually something where you're basically just doing the bidding of politicians, which usually amounts to uh, evil and harming innocent people around the world? I think that the military's allure to some extent in the area that you're talking about right there is, is that they have the potential to do these great works in mm. fighting back against this uh, evil horde. Maybe, but in reality, you know, if what, Canada, really? if they rolled across the border, they could actually defend the country. Um, but, you know, they, they haven't really done a lot of defending in the last six decades. No, but apparently they have done a whole lot of uh, drinking and having sex with prostitutes, as Greg pointed out, was his experience in uh, the Navy. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it was fun at the time. I was young and, uh, you know, uh, and it was, I had a great time. Hey, but, what better, uh, what better way to protect freedom than to have some sex with, uh, some $20 whores? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but uh, it had unforeseen consequences in the Philippines. Uh, besides venereal probably, disease, what do you mean by that? Well, uh, I believe, well, and as a matter of fact, I, I've, I've heard, I've read, uh, that, uh, since then the Navy has pulled out of the Philippines and, because of uh, thousands of illegitimate children roaming oh, around the wow. Philippines, created by U.S. military sailors, and uh, they, I think the Filipino government uh, filed a lawsuit against the United States to try to get compensation for all of, all those legitimate children, and the United States refused to do anything about it, and pretty much pulled out and left them to uh, terrorists, Al Qaeda, and mm. and uh, other such thugs. So, which now I think basically runs the Philippines. I guess I don't really know what's happening in the Philippines at the present moment. And uh, I've got, you know, um, a lot of people uh, think that uh, people hate the United States because we're free. You know, I'm, my experience was different uh, in the Philippines. I've seen the United States Marines that guard all military bases in, uh, around the world um, come out of their shacks, and they had a sewage river, for a better for lack of a name I can't say on the air, um, they called it. Yes. And uh, uh, they would go out uh, to this river and throw quarters into this river while young 11, 12, 13-year-old kids would dive in the river to get uh. this money for throwing in this river. Instead of going back in their guard shack and maybe get him a soda or get him, a, get him something to eat, they would throw money in the river, watch him dive into the river, and laugh. Oh, that's horrifying. Craig, yeah. thanks for sharing your story tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. Chris is listening in Charlottesville, Virginia, to WCHV. Hey, Chris. Hey, how y'all doing tonight? What's on your mind tonight, sir? I just wanted to call and educate y'all a little bit. Oh, okay. Go for it. I like learning new things. Good. Um, I believe it was, you know, Eisenhower uh, defeated the fascists, right? I where are we going to lay it all at his door? Go Pretty ahead. sure there's more fascists no, right no, here I, today. You all know that, right? You know that Eisenhower was the head of NATO and he defeated the fascists. I don't know that I'm going to give it all the credit to Eisenhower, but... Our... Uh, yeah, he did. He did. And uh, he fascism is alive and well. Actually, there's actually something that he has uh, that he said that's written on the uh, World War II monument up in D.C., Okay, up on the mall. What is fascism? It says, that, uh, it says that freedom is not for the faint of heart. What's fascism? In other words, if you're a coward... And you're not willing to stand your ground, 
you're probably not going to be a free person. I agree with that. I, I'm, I'm, I absolutely concur with that. That's a good thing. That's what, a good thing. The bottom line is... What is fascism? People, Before you go people, on here, you've made a big deal about fascism. What is it? What is fascism? Yeah. Well, it's got a lot to do with um, oppressing people, and, you know, if they don't listen to you, you basically kill them. So, you know, the thing is, is that... That doesn't exactly define fascism, George, but it's, it's George certainly Washington, true. George Washington... Um, has a great heritage in this country. He was the father of our country. He was the general of the Continental Army. Mm-hmm. And if people want to find out some of the positive things about the military, unlike this caller that just got off the line, maybe they should read uh, a, a, a biography of George Washington by a man named Hewitt and get an idea of the kind of sacrifice. So go all the way back to the 1700s. We are, we are, we are a uh, we are a Christian country. Oh God! And, uh, oh boy! Yeah, you are things, full of it. <laughs> one, of the, one of the one of the greatest things that, that we can do as Christians because we are a Christian. Well, country, not me, sir. I'm, I'm not a Christian. Not me. So two out of three people here for two... your neighbor. Hey, Chris. So when people go in the military. Hey, Chris, they're, they're not laying their life down. Service. They're laying that other people's greatest, lives down. That's the what they greatest, do with the machine guns. <laughs> I think he's just reading something. Chris, hey, Chris we're going to have a conversation with you, okay, man? So why I'm going to put you on hold. All right, so because uh, conversations go two ways, you know, <laughs> usually you say something and then somebody else listens and then they, you know, say something back. I would like to have that conversation with Chris and not just, you know, go have the lecture series, the Chris lecture series. So, um... So the question about fascism, let's go back to that real quick here. Uh, what I, oh, he just dropped off the line, by the way. I didn't drop his call. I put him on hold. I was fully intending to bring him back on the air. But uh, he said Eisenhower defeated the fascists. Well, great. I kept fascism must have been disappeared from the world then, right? When What? Fascism is alive and well today. And Mark, how would you define fascism? Well, fascism has to do with nationalism. Um, it's a you know a strong national has a strong nationalist bent. It has to do with the government being uh, thoroughly um, ensconced with uh, major corporations, um, in that they tell the major corporations what to do, and the major corporations tell what, them what to do. This is sort of collude, coll- collusion. This is how Mussolini defined at fascism, um, as opposed to Chris here. And uh, you know, I mean, essentially, what we've got in the United States today. Um, I mean, you've got a you've got this very strong fascist remember what hitler was he was a national socialist that's right so when you yeah <laughs> that's what the term means socialist you know nationalist socialist and that's essentially what you've got going on here today i'd like a, i got a quote here from uh, from george washington by the way the, the guy that uh, chris was uh, mentioning and i think that by the way, that you know, I, I think that the mili- you know doing uh, militant things in defense of the people you love and your neighbor, if uh, people are being you know violent towards them, I think that this is absolutely a sacrifice. However, when you just do what you're told by the government, that's something entirely different, and that's really what we have going on in the military today. I mean, we're not we're not. No, nobody's attacking the United States and haven't for a very long time. Chris is back, by the way. Good. Awesome. Um, and the quote here is from Washington, D. Uh, Washington, George Washington. Government is not reason. It is not eloquent. It is force like fire. It is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. Chris, you're back with us. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize that you didn't cut me off. I, I, I wouldn't have hung up because I'm, I'm ready to educate you two some more. Excellent. Give yeah, it to George me. Washington. George Washington had a lot to say about freedom, and he had a lot to say about how people maintain that freedom. If Americans want to learn about the military and the prestige and the honor and valor of the military, I suggest they read history instead of listening to two people like you. 
I try to read history. Negative outlooks on on what is great about this country. Well, what's it's very great? To the people listen to you. Well, you know that, that's a that's a subjective opinion. I mean, basically, what we've said here no, is no, no. It's the truth, buddy. Okay, it's the truth. truth. You, you don't even understand the history of this country. Oh, okay. the what honor. part don't you understand? You Look, I, you know the, the fact is that George no, Washington. Really, you I, don't. You don't understand it. All hang you on, do Chris. Is, is George, bring you back here. Uh, no, the honor, the honor in killing innocent people, is that the honor he's talking about? Well, the honor in, in uh, pr- pr- promulgating the uh, U.S. government's power around the world, is that the honor that you're talking about? What honor? The, the raping uh, innocent women, that honor? The murdering uh, teenagers and, uh, and crippled adults in, uh, in Iraq or Afghanistan during home One raids? third of uh, female uh, soldiers being raped. It's honorable. Free Talk Live. Technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Toll free number here tonight for you on Free Talk Live is 855 450 free. You might be able to sneak your call in here in the remaining moments if you make it right now at 855 450 free. But if you don't get in tonight, that's okay. We do it seven nights per week. And Mark, you are going to be here for the live Sunday edition tomorrow night with Stephanie. And you'll have plenty of time to take plenty of calls. Seven to ten. About anything you want. And if you don't get Free Talk Live. Eastern, I should say. That's right. Thank you for that. If you don't get Free Talk Live on your local talk radio station all seven nights per week, well, you can always give them a call, talk to the program director during the business uh, week, and tell him or her thanks for airing some Free Talk Live and ask for more. And if you don't get any Free Talk Live on your local talk radio station, then you should definitely call them and tell them you'd like to hear Free Talk Live. Never know what a little bit of a positive uh, suggestion will do for somebody out there who's wondering, what is it my audience wants well you can tell them uh, free talk live and we'd appreciate it if you did also something else that uh, we appreciate is you becoming a free talk live amplifier you can go to amp.freetalklive.com we actually had a number of folks sign back up for amp this week mark after uh, you uh, suggested that we create a video because you are a super genius uh, mark you uh, this was very effective by the way you should know that uh, but i don't know history the, uh, <laughs> the video that we put up, you can see it, by the way, over at uh, the Facebook page. You go to facebook.freetalklive.com. It's basically our pitch to bring former Free Talk Live amplifiers back on board, and uh, several of them did sign back up for the Free Talk Live AMP program. All they required, I guess, was us to remind them about it and, and ask nicely. Uh, and you becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for three bucks, whether you've been one before or have never, AMP the show. Makes a big difference for us. Uh, we've got a lot of things going on that can help get the ideas of liberty out to more people. Uh, get ideas out that counteract the ideas in the history books, as our caller suggests. You should read history if you want to get a good idea of what the military is is all about and uh, get perspective. Uh, I think our perspective here is that history is uh, is tinted. Uh, the winners write the history books, and so you know, there's lots of different history coming from lots of different angles. Yeah, so I mean, if you if you read the history books they give you in government school, it comes from a very pro-government angle. And it does not really give you any other sides uh, to the story. But all that said, you can help Free Talk Live by becoming an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks, too, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, the amp-only forum uh, podcast, and more. Go to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up there. As we go back to Chris, he is uh, listening. I don't even know where you are, Chris. Uh, but you're back on Free Talk Live. Where are you calling from? Today? Hey, I'm, I'm, in, uh, I'm in Charlottesville. 
Charlottesville. That's right. Okay. So go. Uh, where were we? We were talking about how you, th- you were telling us that history books are a good place to go to get information. I think information. we get deteriorated to nuh uh uh huh. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing is that you know I get passionate about this. I'm really not. This isn't personal against you all. You know, none of us are really very well educated in our schools about who we are as a people, what our heritage is, and you know, and what what are the great things about this country. You know, the, the who are we as a people? Who are we as a people? Well, basically, if we um, if we live moral lives and we live good lives and we try to do what we're supposed to do as good people, and we have a code that is a common code for the for the whole country, that basically we're going to be moving in a positive direction. And progressives have have stepped forward that in the past hundred years through not teaching our children. You know, and not teaching me and not teaching you because I didn't get this stuff until I started reading it on my own. Now, you mentioned you know, I moral reading, lives. I, I think started that's reading important. John Locke. You know, I started reading John Locke. I started writing. I started reading Montesquieu, these men that, uh, that, that influenced our Check founders and our too. framers. Hey, Chris, you know? Uh, you know, you mentioned moral lives. I think that's pretty important. And you also talked about being a, a Christian. So I'm wondering, yeah. you sound like you're pretty pro-military. How can somebody be a Christian and at the same time support killing? Well, if somebody has a knife to my throat, you know, if I'm a saint, I'm going to let him cut my throat if I'm a saint. But you know what? I'm not a saint, but I am a Christian, and I'm going to defend myself, and I'm going to keep, my, I'm going to keep that person from splitting my throat to the best of my ability. And if that means killing that person to, to stop him from trying to split my throat, well, what does that have do to do that. with the military? We're, we're we're not aggressors. This country is not aggressors. We, okay, we, we, Chris, to, we go put after down the history book, man. Yeah, let's let's talk about some modern history here. The United States has a hundred, has um, about a thousand military bases, depending on how you count them. Certainly, seven hundred and fifty military bases in a hundred and thirty something nations across the world. There are somewhere around two hundred nations. That doesn't sound kind of aggressive to you? No, not at all. Because a lot of these people lost. They lost in the Second World War. That's why we have a lot of bases, because they lost, or they were our allies, and they want us to stick around. They, hold so we when, when you say they, promote, you say they you, when you say they, that's very collectivist, because there's probably a lot of people, say, in Germany or England or wherever these allies are, that don't want us here, that don't want the United well, States military no, no, in their the country. Government, their governments do. They're, we wouldn't right. be there if, if their governments didn't and want that's us that's really there. interesting, like, because— like the, previous, the previous caller said about the Philippines— the reason that we had bases in the Philippines was because we saved the people in the Philippines from the Japanese, and what? we defeated the Japanese. Whoa, 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 whoa. The, 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 this goes to show your poor understanding of history. The reason the United States had bases in the Philippines is they won the Philippines from the Spanish in the Spanish-American War. The Japanese actually beat the Americans off of the Philippines, and that's why, you know, was it MacArthur that said, I shall return? And they did with the, yep. air, the, with the Airborne in Nuremberg. So ab- absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Um, this, what you're saying is poppycock. Uh, I mean, no, you might not. be able to it's say not, that sir. when you when you, when you might be able to say that with Okinawa, but you certainly Japanese can't say it with the Manila. Philippine government said that we could do that. Yes, but so uh, that's why let's, we're there. let's so talk about these governments. Let's talk about these governments. What I'm saying to you, I'm deriding it because you're wrong. You're misleading your audience. No, I'm not. And it takes a long time to read this stuff. I can't read it all. I'm trying. The Philippines. Look, when you're talking about these foreign governments, these are just people that claim to rule other people. They're just violent thugs. Let's look at Saudi Arabia. Where the the House of Saud, which isn't even Saudi Arabian, which isn't even Arabian, um, they ch- claim to rule over that country. Those people don't 
want us here. That's why most of the 9-11 killers were uh, from Saudi Arabia. They don't want you there, but their kings, the United States government uh, supporting kings, just make somebody who understands history sick, doesn't it, Chris? No, because the no, we, we love the, kings. The, the, we fought against King George. You know, freedom's good finish. enough for let us. Me right. Let me finish. The Ottoman Empire fell in the First World War. What those kings are doing over in the Middle East that we're supporting is keeping a foot on the neck of the people that want to start the Ottoman Empire. That's again. what Jesus like would Muslim, do, right? Like Put some Muslim, boots on like some necks. Like the Muslim Brotherhood. Like the Muslim Brotherhood. Hey, Chris, I think these you should people, check your. Uh, I think you should check your Bible out and uh, learn a little bit more about Jesus and what he was all about. Because I don't think he would have put kings his boot fi- on anyone's neck. And I thank you for the call tonight. Kings are fine as long as they keep down the the rabble, the riffraff. Let's go to Brad listening in Charleston, South Carolina, to WSCFM. Hey, Brad. Hey, how you doing, guys? Got to go quick, man. We're short, short on time. Go ahead. Yeah, I heard uh, the guy about uh, talking about fascism. I think he had a very huge misunderstanding about what fascism is. If, I don't think he realized that we live in a, one of the biggest fascist countries in the world. Right. Well, if you read the history books... the birthplace of fascism. Right. I mean, if you read the history books, as he was suggesting, then yeah, you'd get a real bad idea for what fascism is, because they'll tell you, oh, fascism's over there. It's in those other and countries. As far as Eisenhower, I mean, he kind of warned us about uh, the impending military fascism uh, when he warned about the uh, military-industrial complex. That's true. Which, my time in the military, that's what, who I felt I was working for, was the military-industrial complex. Every time somebody was like, thank you for your service, I felt ashamed because I didn't feel like I was accomplishing anything. Mm. I heard you, Brad. Thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Tariq is on the line listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Hey, Tariq. Hello. Yeah, I was just wanting to clear up something with the uh, not the caller before last that was saying that Eisenhower defeated, you know, fascism and was this great defender of liberty and everything. Um, the thing is, it's really quite the opposite in some uh, respects, because if you ever looked at Iran and Operation Ajax, where he actually, um, there was a democracy forming there, and because of the oil interests in Britain, uh, they actually had the CIA take down the government. Hmm. Um, That's how they so installed the Shah. Yeah, and inst- well, the, st- the Shah was really already installed, but okay. he was going to be giving up some power. And basically because of that, um, and the, the grievances people had with the Shah and the reason and we backed him up and actually, um, you know, had a coup, um, because of that, it got to a point where they had the revolution in 1979, and that's why, that's why I mean, basically Eisenhower is the whole reason why we have a... Islamic Republic in Iran today. Yeah, and this is uh, the, the point that should be made to people that support the supporting, like like Chris, who support the supporting of dictators in foreign countries as long as they keep down the rabble. At some point or enough, another, the rabble gets enough credence because the dictators are too dictatorial, and the rabble gets credence among they they actually spread the the ideas, yeah. they propagate the ideas by trying to close their fist too but hard. But this is even worse because. There wasn't really any rabble at that time. There wasn't a whole lot of, I mean, it wasn't really anti-American as much as it was just anti-British and anti-imperialist. It wasn't the same thing that we have in other Arab countries today. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, he, like our name is already, like, they're not great fans of us in a lot of other countries. Over there at that time, it wasn't that bad, you know, and he just screwed up the whole situation and i mean the fact that he's some defender of freedom i i don't know where that even comes from like because it's 
They can't, you can't work for the government and be a general defendant. World War II, but as far as his leadership as a president, I'm not sure where that's coming from. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Tariq. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. You can't be a propagator of freedom and work for a, an agency that um, you know stifles freedom. That's what the government does. No doubt about it. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Enjoy your weekend. I've been told no in many different ways. I give you an order and you're going to obey it. Who told you to go this way? You can't do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring Simon to the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable me. here, actually. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. Who do you think you are? Excuse me. There is no video or audio allowed in this. No, I have work today. This is you ain't going to make it. Wait, now. Wait a minute. Hey! Oh my god! Unbelievable! Because you're scared me! What am I being detained for? You're being served. What is this? What is this? Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Coming this summer, Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. See the trailer now at victimlesscrimespree.com.